In this episode of Running Eyes, sensitive topics such as suicide and intimate partner violence are discussed. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello there, my name is Corey Durbin, CEO of Shared Health Alliance, and I'd like to welcome you to Running Eyes, a podcast where we take a meaningful, deep dive into the relationships, strategies, and global mission of ASH to change healthcare and change lives. Well, I am here today with two of my favorite people at Shared Health Alliance with Alice Townsend, who is the, she's a, was a member service liaison, is now has moved into more of a compliance role with Shared Health Alliance, and with Michelle Jarvis, who is the director of member services for Shared Health Alliance and uh, handles so many of the alliance of the ASH member service issues and oversees that team there. Ladies, thank you for sitting down with me today. How are you both doing today? Wonderful, thanks for having us. Excellent, thanks for having us, Corey. We appreciate you. Absolutely, you have your cardinal red on because it is opening day in St. Louis today. So it's, well, it's at least a local holiday and probably everyone in St. Louis thinks it should be a national holiday, right? But it's a, it is an exciting day here. We've got ballpark food fired up and ready to go, so we have that to look forward to. But I am mostly looking forward to this conversation and, and uh, hopefully uh, it, you're you're not too apprehensive about sitting down with me. So it's it's great to be here with you. So, well, um, just as we get started, I, I want to just, first of all, thank you both because, I mean, Michelle, you've been with us from early on as a company. Probably we had when you started how many employees did we have when we when you started uh, there were just four so when i started you were the fourth or fifth employee I was here the fifth yeah absolutely and that was about two and a half years ago it was right just two and a half years ago look how far we've come so you came on board when when shared health alliance had a space in a building in in another part of st louis and then I mean, we, we were in one section of that building, right? We grew awfully fast. We started in tiny little couple thousand square feet. I'm not good with size, so maybe a <laughs> few thousand, but just 10 or 12 desks and took over that whole floor over that first year, really, until we had, what, 20, 30 people in that office before we moved out? So that was two and a half years ago, right? It was. And today we have, as as our companies are, we have 60-ish or so employees working here. And Alice, you've been here about 18 months or so and uh, really kind of dove in, if I I remember right, on the member service team. Yep. I started with Michelle and member services and Tori. I learned from them, you know, everything kind of about all of the ministry and the program. And, and then switched over to help with prescription advocacy. Which, for the record, made me so sad to lose. <laughs> because Al is fantastic. Fantastic. So I was happy to see her grow, but sad to see her go from my department. Well, yeah, yeah it's it's very devastating when you feel like, oh, we've got this perfect team. And, and the, the great part is you manage and work with everybody on the team so well. But but having Alice go was, was a hit. So that we, was a hit. So you went back over to Sharks, and then we were able to reel you back over to the member service team, right? Which Mm -hmm. was, what, four months ago? Is that? Yep, that sounds about right. Roughly. Yep, yep, helping Ash over there and and just keep switching and changing whatever we need. Seeing a need and filling it, which is one of my favorite, like, kind of mantras everywhere we needed someone with Alice's very special manner with people. Like, she saw that need, she jumped right in and took care of it. 
I'm so glad she's back over on my side, though. <laughs> well, and, and I think that uh, what has struck me as as we've grown and as Alliance for Shared Health has grown, too, is, you, you know, when when we start out, you we have this idea or a little bit of a vision of what we think this can do and how this organization can help people because it really does come down to how are we making an impact and I feel like neither of you would be here if if you didn't feel like you were making an impact and having an opportunity to make an impact and so Michelle you know you've this has come a long way from when you started so how is it different today than you know, two and a half years ago. And and from, even from your perspective and, and how do you think it's different from, for a member? Well, I mean, two and a half years ago, it was a very small team. We were also dealing with a smaller group of members, you know, kind of more of the core versus the members brought in by third parties. So it was very quaint. I knew a lot of the members. I would see <laughs> caller ID and say, oh, Jane's calling. Let's see what she needs this time. And as we have grown in numbers and households and, and worked with other parties to bring in members, I mean, the team has also grown, but we're definitely dealing with a wider wider base of people. So it's there's not the familiarity, but there is still the how can I help whoever's calling in next? Like, what can we fix for them? What can we help them understand so just in general just mass of of people to take care of which i love doing so this has worked really well for me in our growth it's very exciting yeah i appreciate that i and you've helped us develop a team that if i think if there's one thing that really remains consistent is they fight extremely hard for the members and you all have seen the sharing levels increase Mm -hmm. and the number of needs that are shared increase in I don't think any of us would say we're where we want to be, but it's so different the experience today for a member than where it was now. And, and some of that is is your team fighting for that, and you've got a great team behind you, don't you? Oh, definitely we do. These are not people that just come into the job to do their job. They are people that, that take on the caller's problem, the issue. It's not just our members issue this is our issue let's figure out where the disconnect is or let's get you connected to the right people or so this is not uncommon that any of us are on the phone advocating or talking with the member at length we will spend an hour or more on the phone if need be however long it takes to get to the bottom of whatever their concern is maybe they just don't understand some of the ins and outs it's a health share so these things can be different than traditional programs out there so we're very we own it We're very into making sure they understand how to benefit from everything that is offered, how to utilize all of the resources that we've got. And we're very invested in everybody that that joins the the membership for sure. Yeah, well, thank you for that because I think when, I think the members start to feel that when they talk to your team. And Alice, you've kind of come at it from a, a little bit different angle is you have a lot of dealings or conversations with either a member who has been frustrated by uh, feeling like the program or the sharing levels weren't explained accurately, or even some conversations with some agents that referred members to ASH. And so where's the where's the disconnect bet- happen, do you think, with these agents who, so many of them are, are, they want to have a positive impact, I think, and is it some of them not necessarily digging in and understanding health share, or where do you think that disconnect happens between their conversation with a member and by the time a member gets to our team and they don't? don't feel like they understood the sharing level that they're in. Mm -hmm. There is some of that. Most of the time it really is a little bit of what Michelle said. Some health 
health sharing ministry is much different than traditional insurance. And so a lot of times when someone is starting with me, they're explaining to me their perspective and then we're educating them a little bit on some of the differences. And a lot of times they find out, oh, okay, I understand it now. You know, and other times there are third parties that may have referred them to our membership and they didn't quite understand all the ins and outs of it or what some of those nuances or differences were between insurance and a health share and some of the services and different levels of things. And then other times, simply there's just you know, there's something wrong, actually, or there's some confusion, you know, further or deeper down that we kind of uncover through, you know, just communicating and talking and trying to understand and figure out what really happened, mm-hmm. you know, what happened at that point of enrollment and how how can we explain it or how can we make it better for them so that they do, you know, have a, a good experience with it. You know, it really is a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, there's mm-hmm. tons of Americans who are in that middle. You know, they don't have traditional insurance or the ability to have or opportunity to get or purchase or buy traditional insurance or have it through their employer but they are making you know too much money so they can't qualify for anything governmental and really that health sharing ministry is really a good fit for that layer you know it's really helpful well i i feel like the i know both of your backgrounds a little bit and I know that the it, seems, it feels to me like the customer service people on our team have uh, an extra measure of ability to empathize and care for a member that that is struggling with either a need that has you know the need to get submitted or just some understanding of trying to gain an understanding of the sharing program that they're in and some of that I think gets birth from the experience that happened in our past. What, Alice, before you were with us, you uh, you kind of came to us part-time originally, right? Yep. We talk a little bit about, you know, where you were prior to coming on board with with Shared Health Alliance? Yes, I, um, it actually, I think it was a God thing. I don't know how faith-filled everybody is, but I know we have a lot of people of faith here. So I really came to Ash just at the perfect time. I know your sister and said, hey, I'm ready to kind of get back out in the world part-time. I had gone through a really horrendous, I forget how they labeled it now, a high-conflict divorce mm. and a lot of personal um, struggle and trauma. I ended up going through that trying to get divorced from unfortunately a person that was diagnosed as a narcissist with psychological tendencies excuse Mm. me and so it was just a very very hard several years in my life all around personally hard on the kids um just the trauma the abuse and i was starting to finally kind of come out of that a little bit and your sister who I've known for years you know our kids go to school together was like what you're thinking of working part-time well my brother you know they have this and she started telling me a little bit she's like you have to talk to him like they're wonderful it's a Christian company I feel I felt at that time just um a lot of despair not only with what I went through and All of that really only ended because at the time my husband committed suicide. Mm. So that was what brought everything to an end. And then even at that time when that happened, it's horrible to say that was a relief in some ways. Mm. 
But then in other ways, it brought everything completely to a head. You know, all of everything needed to be worked through and processed. And just as a human being, I was worn out. I, I don't know how else to say that. But um, at that time, I was not working. I had been in the work world prior to this and had stopped working during that time um, and thought, I need like real life here. I This has been like horrific. I need some normalcy. I need to get back to work part-time. I thought the kids, you know, they were going to school. I could do work while the kids were in school. And it just so happened. I reached out and, and we kind of connected. And for me, I don't think I would have, I would be here. I've done a lot of different things professionally in my life if it weren't for this ministry and it weren't for what we do. Mm. Especially at that time in my life, God led me to write where I needed to be, to be surrounded with people of faith, people who care so deeply about people, what you just mentioned. I think that when I came in in member services and came and talked to you and John and Leslie, I thought, I like this. These are people who actually care. Mm. These are people who are working hard every day who really want to make a difference and want to make the world a better place and want to do good and want to do right by the members. You know, just as I started working here for Michelle's team and member services, you could see that every day. Every day, the members service folks are fighting for the members and are like, like you said, have a little extra empathy like, hey, wait, what if this were my mom or dad? I would want to make sure they're getting situated. I want to make sure all their questions are answered. I want to make sure they understand how this works so tomorrow and next year they can utilize everything to the best possible, you know, best advantages for them. So it really has just shown through and as we grow bigger and faster, you know, uh, it seems like everyone who's coming on board with us really has that same connection or goal. This is not just a job that you go to every day. This so, is wonderful. So you said something that I think maybe would be helpful to, to get a little clarification on okay. because you sort of slipped in that your husband committed suicide. And I mean, that that strikes such a an, uh, a horrendous feeling just because of what I would imagine the impact was on on you, your boys, was did that happen actually after your divorce, or was that because you mentioned going through mm-hmm. a divorce too? And what was? Can you would you be willing to share a little bit about that experience? Sure. It and we actually never got divorced, mm-hmm. so it was we. I tried for three years, but we never got divorced. There was he was always you know pushing that off or getting court dates changed, just the logistics of it all. And it was just kind of a nightmare. So it, we were separated at the time and he just, um, unfortunately was a very broken person Mm. and I didn't realize that for a number of years you know I didn't realize it until those last three or four years when he changed so abruptly and it it was just um how do I keep it nice is what I'm reaching for here how do you keep that nice Um, I don't I don't think think you have to you know (laughs) I think we can be genuine and yeah so I think that for the kids and I we were all very lucky he didn't take any of us with him Mm. when he killed himself. And I think that there were um, plenty of professionals, you know, the psychiatrists, the attorneys involved, some of the law enforcement community that were concerned about that at that time as well. So it was, to say it was an emotionally gut-wrenching upheaval that just continued on and on for years. Um, it, it was just a very hard thing. Like you said, suicide at any time is a hard thing. Yeah. 
you know, but suicide when you're uh, abusing people, you know, and, and you're doing all kinds of crazy things is even harder. I think I'm not trying to, I just think that it's a lot more to go through. So I think that, you know, just, I'm very lucky. I don't have a big family at all, but I have a lot of good friends and I have a strong faith and I have a wonderful church community. So I was so lucky that through all those years, I had so much support from everybody. Otherwise, I'm, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know, you know, would I be a normal functioning adult again? Would I not? You know, some, some people can't heal from that. It's just a hard, you know, hard thing. And I'm real happy to say that I think all three of my kids and I are really, you know, we've, we're doing good. Yeah. We've done, you know, we've, we're working on it. And every day, you know, we're healing a little bit more. And it, it's funny that he, he committed suicide a couple years ago now. And it was just a couple months ago. I was talking to my girlfriend. I said, you know, it's so funny. I'm just now noticing like, oh yeah, I, that, that, I'm my old self again. Mm. I didn't notice I wasn't my old self. You know, for a while I thought like, I'm doing good. You know, yep, I'm I'm working on this. You know, therapists and therapy and group grief counseling and you know, all the things that you try and go through to heal. And I thought, I'm doing good. But it wasn't until you have that actual feeling and that remembrance like in your heart, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your soul. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Welcome right. back. Yeah, all like, right. okay. <laughs> so. Well, first of all, I, I am, I say this uh, very genuinely that I, I'm very sorry that, that you all had to go through that. And there are lots of, I think, probably more so for women that end up in abusive relationships, whether it's uh, emotional or physical or both. Uh, and uh, I, I'm sure, I, I can't relate to that personally. And it must feel like a bit of a prison. It, there's this hard, I would imagine, a hard line between this obligation and you have children and all that stuff. But Michelle, how much of, of Alice's story are, were you familiar with? Because I know you work together closely every day. And what, <laughs> what, where do you go as, mentally as you hear those? Ah, uh, well, uh, we were a small little team when she came out. Well, we still are, but we're all in like we want to get to know you and we sit so close together and we hear you talk to people and it just I was drawn to little tidbits that she would share and we would legit have moments of like share time what else (laughs) and I was so drawn to Alice when she first started I mean who wouldn't be just the disposition I knew she was going to be fantastic on the phones and tend to our people the way we would want the more I heard the more I needed to know and I, I was like all about her stories her life experiences like this lady has done some really neat stuff in her life despite some of what you just heard so it, it resonated a bit like how strong this woman is and I was so grateful that she was with us that trauma is hard to express any sort of sympathy for that even like speaks to how you feel about hearing a story like that like as a, I can't even imagine I'm a mother as well I couldn't imagine steering my children through a situation like that when it's hard enough to get through it yourself so tons of respect from the beginning for her well all, I remember very vividly early on when Alice got here like it was a little bit of a fight for Alice not I mean everybody oh, yes, it wanted was. Alice on their yep. team I did not want to give her and, up and uh, you know we started out part-time and so you've done just amazing work with us because I know everyone's like if if everybody could do what Alice does in four hours in their eight hour day we would we would be just 
you no know, doubt. exceptionally, no exceptional doubt. beyond belief. And so we've got you, Michelle, in cardinal gear today, which is, you know, I'm not sure what we had to do to pull that off. And you didn't, <laughs> didn't grow up wearing St. Louis Cardinal Red, did you? I did not. I am a Cubs fan, for sure. And while I may be a Cubs fan, I am, as I just said a little bit ago, I'm a team player. We're an equal opportunity employer here. Thank goodness you did not ask what my team affiliations were in the hiring process, because... I don't think you're allowed to. That's one of the boxes you're not allowed. (laughs) Right, it goes along with how old are you, or like... (laughs) Something like that. Things like that, sure. Um, Came out of Chicago, and I have to say, I did take a little heat (laughs) from John and Kurt as well for being a Cubs fan at all. But I'm a team player, so it all comes down to if my team is wearing Cardinals gear, that's the gear I'm going to wear as well. But you didn't grow up in St. Louis, and we don't really care. We, we feel sorry for the Cubs more than anything. <laughs> you know? we, I was actually happy for the Cubs when they won the World Series. But all kidding aside... You you didn't grow up here. You grew up in Illinois. I'm a true Midwestern girl, like really, from Tennessee and Kentucky through Illinois, Southern Illinois for a while, and then into Chicago. Um, my parents were divorced and kind of went their separate ways, and and through some family turmoil and you know struggle over young parents trying to make their own way, they went their separate ways, and my mom kind of went off to Chicago to find herself for a bit and I stayed with my dad in Southern Illinois and spent a lot of time in Kentucky with my grandparents and um now ending up with your dad wasn't just an easy that that you didn't get to that spot even I think you were pretty young at that time but that didn't occur just with everybody having this amicable oh you go stay with your dad right there was there was quite a bit of a struggle um my grandparents love them to death bless their heart were very kind of controlling to my parents and so they started fighting for custody of me in the middle of this turmoil with my parents splitting and so you know I would spend every other long weekend with my grandparents in Kentucky and and my dad single dad who had fought hard for custody against you know his ex-wife's parents who had lots of money and mm. power in their small area in, in Kentucky uh, he fought hard to to get his baby girl so I, I grew up a daddy's girl for sure in, in southern Illinois and kind of bouncing around and, and had a very distant relationship with my mom for a while and then we, we kind of reconnected on a deeper basis I got to a point I was probably 12 I was going into sixth grade where I decided to have a conversation with my dad to let him know that I thought it was time for me to explore my relationship with my mother. So it was a big change up. I went from, you know, living with my dad and being raised by him in Southern Illinois in a podunk little town that had all of a thousand people or or whatever to Chicago. And like Mm. in Chicago, not a suburb of Chicago. Like we were in the south side, on the south side of the city. So do you remember the conversation with your dad? I would imagine that for a young girl in sixth grade saying, I'm going to go tell my dad that I think I should go live with my mom now would be somewhat in- intimidating. It, it was. My father's a very loving man, though, and always wanted what's best for his baby girl. He would always say that, or still does. He's not dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he says that to this day, and I'm almost 45. So yeah. that's just the kind of, uh, of daddy is. I was very scared, definitely, to tell him that I was wanting to kind of leave the nest at this point. And um, thankfully I had my stepmother, who's wonderful, was kind of a nice bridge where I could talk it out with her first. And, and she gave me some some confidence in being able to approach that with him. I didn't know, I didn't 
looking back now, I thought he might be mad or feel betrayed that he had fought so hard and we had this great kind of like foundation that I now wanted to go live with my mom who had not necessarily been a steady in our lives. But he was very, I mean, I just, I went to him and said, dad, I I think it's time to explore my relationship with mom, which I'll admit those words were my stepmother's. (laughs) She had teed that up lovely for me. And I think she probably had already kind of softened him to it on the backside. So he was, he had gotten that initial devastation out of the way. That's a good stepmom, isn't it? She's wonderful. Mm. I love Becky so much. Thank you for everything that you have done. so he took it well, you know, he, he he heard what I was saying, he understood I was getting to this kind of teenage girl time, like, you know, those girl things were happening. And while I did have my stepmother, you know, that, that kind of needing to identify more of my roots, where it came from, what's, I knew my grandparents very well. And I knew my mom, of course, but just not as deeply as I do now. <laughs> So moving up there, starting my teenage years with my mother was very forming in I think who I am now. Like she's an awesome lady as well. She had done her struggles, had those things from her early early teenage years and having me and all that good stuff. And I think she had a good head on her shoulders. By the time I got to her, she was ready and I reaped the benefits of that. One of the hardest things I have found as a, as a parent is to not react when <laughs> My daughters, I have uh, 15 and 16 year old daughters, work up the courage to share something with me and you. Uh, I've learned a little bit over time that if you want, if I want them to talk to me, then I kind of have to relax, uh, react on the outside like the, the duck on the water <laughs> because so under true. the surface I'm like, you know, freaking out. You, know, you did what? Are you? <laughs> And uh, so it sounds like the reaction that you got from your father was very helpful and instrumental as as you move forward. How much of Michelle's story are are you familiar with? A little bit, but not much. So she's good at asking questions, but... She's an excellent listener. (laughs) Yep. I like to hear other people's stories. I don't find my story to be that exceptional or... I mean, I can appreciate it for what it has done, but... Alice's story, you know, other people's stories are just much more interesting to me than my own, so I don't share as much, but I do love to hear them. Well, after after you went through childhood, life got really easy for you after that, right? Sure. <laughs> sure it did. Sure it did. Living in Chicago, man, that was, it's so different, and I will say that around St. Louis, all over the place, like, mm. I'm from Chicago, we don't, that's not how that goes there, like, we wouldn't have that reaction there, we wouldn't be that nice there, but it developed me, it also kind of so many people, diversity and, and various walks of life. And I lived in the city, so I would take the train to work. I would see people, you know, sitting on the stairs asking for money or, or people with mental illness that had no one to address them or help them, you know, bring them some food or tell them, like, you're in a train station. I think you're looking for the ER or the hospital or whatever. That kind of like developed the seed of wanting to assist people on some level, like learning their stories, that's great. But what can we do now to make it better? So that did kind of push me into service on all fronts, customer service or volunteer service, (laughs) catering service, like people need to eat. So that was also something I could do to tend to people, like just get you some food. It just kind of teed me up to always want to hear people's stories and see how I could, even if a little bit, how I could help, how I could do something better for them. Right, and so I ask you both, uh, how much of an impact would you say your your own personal story and journey has on uh, where you are and how you interact 
and how you receive the member issues and challenges and customers because this is customer service if if we can't help that member feel like somebody really cares about them i, I don't think anybody feels like they're doing their job oh, so yeah. the road that we go on <clears throat> has such a significant impact i think uh alice what do you think about uh, how your what you've been through impacts what you do day to day I think that it really, you know, every every way we're formed always, you know, is how we develop into who we are, you know, in our past. But I think with recently with that trauma and then being here to help people at Ash, I I think it's easier for me maybe than someone else who hasn't had the past that I've had to just kind of shirk it off if someone is not kind to me. You know, when I'm trying to help a member, sometimes they're upset. <laughs> you know, so sometimes they're not saying nice things on the phone or they're yelling or they're you know so they have you know and I I think I can always see through that like I know they're not I didn't do anything to them I know they're not personally upset with me and I just want to help them so that they don't have to be upset anymore because life is short you know you why be upset or angry I mean it's obviously normal human emotion but let's try and you know work through this so I think maybe sometimes I can let that all roll off of me you know, where I do believe some people, they might really take that to heart and feel personal about that, you know, and their feelings are actually personally hurt where I'm like, yeah, okay. All right, well, let me see what I can do for you. And that continues to inspire all of us, by the way. I love when she has a great call and we can tell somebody is heated or frustrated. I mean, we're dealing with people who maybe are coming to the realization that they they didn't quite understand what they had signed up for. They liked the idea and the and cliff notes they were given, but they didn't read up anything else. And, and that happens. We all do that stuff. But we're getting with people at a point where it, things have not necessarily worked out in their favor because they haven't read the material or didn't understand things. So they're frustrated. And wh- whoever's fault that is, it's not about fault. We just understand we've all been in that position. It's frustrating. So listening to her field, some of that frustration at times is definitely motivational, inspirational. I'm always like, girls, listen, listen to Alice. Like this is, look at how well she just handled that. Look, did you hear what that guy said to her? So her approach to that sort of mindset that we get on the phone is definitely empowering to us all as well. Like we can all reach that level. And if we're in a lull, let's get, get re-upped with you know the, the vibes that Alice brings to the to the office and we're all just human I think yeah almost every time someone calls you know maybe upset about something no matter what the reason is they have things going on in their life and Absolutely. I think that as I've grown older you know I don't know if wisdom does sometimes come with age I think I've realized that like everybody has stuff whatever that stuff may be you know they their kids might have been bad that day or mm-hmm. you know their spouse might be sick and they're caring for them while they have you know cancer or some debility I mean everybody has a story exactly we're everyone has stuff and we really are all just human you know so they you know they're just like me <laughs> and, <laughs> and in those moments of being just human we you know sometimes there's a deficiency or there's there's a defect in where they're at and they just need someone to get past their BS, like to get to the heart of the issue to help, to understand what they're going through. I wish we could spend so much more time on the phones sometimes with people, but there are other people to, you know, steer steer into the, the right lane to navigate the membership and to maximize on what we do, so. I wonder a little bit, we all go through stuff. We, we talk about we're all on this journey and everybody's dealing with something and kind of that saying of either you just came out of dealing with something or you're about to deal with something or you're in the middle of dealing with something, right? These these three things kind of are 
constant for many of us. And when we, I, it's it's intriguing to me and very power. I think it's a powerful thing to know you've been through some serious stuff in your lives, and now you can actually almost step back and say, well, they must be going through something. It's it's easy to go to a restaurant and get frustrated with the server or be in line at the grocery store or have somebody cut you off in the car and, you know, say some choice words to that person. In Chicago, we'd be throwing up sign language, too. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> a finger of love, huh? Something right. like that. Right. And so what do you think it is for you that you can... I know you're not saying you're perfect. I know you're not saying you do this all the time. And what do you think it is for you that allows you to actually say, huh, they must be going through some hard stuff. How do you get to that point? I think there's a lot of people out there that are we're, we're concerned about are our own needs going to get met? And it's I, I can see sometimes experience that in my marriage. Like, what about me? You want you want me to do that for you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. So what's what's your reaction to that? Or, or I think there's, there's an understanding. I mean, I'm very blunt when people get hired on as well, or we interview on the kind of things that we're going to hear and deal with at times. We also get the joys. I know we talk right now a lot about the negatives, but we get the excitement of this worked out or, oh my gosh, the surgery was, you know, we we talked through the impact on their family, but like that was a $50,000 surgery. And after everything was all said and done, I only spent like $1,200 on it or whatever after Mm -hmm. working through pricing and getting things shared and all that good stuff. So we I do love the victories as well. Sorry, I totally got off track on like no, the detriment of feeling their story. I think there's no moment for me. I start the phone call thinking they've got some stuff going on and whatever I'm about to hear, I just have to pull apart the emotion of being mad about them yelling at me because I would yell at somebody else too in a moment maybe of a frustration or being upset or fear. Like some of it is also fear. I just mm-hmm. got this this big bill. I don't think I understood things. What happens now? So once we get past that, we can kind of let them know, look, I'm going to hold your hand. we got a good team here to support what's going on. Like you'll be okay. And for the most part, they usually, they're okay. They get over the, the anger and they, okay, you're my person. And then we... Hold hands and move forward with the situation. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I, well, I'm wondering for you, Alice, what's your... If somebody said, well, how do you do it? How do you get past all your own hurt <laughs> and probably, uh, you know, some of the needs or some of this, uh, call it skeletons in the closet or just this past history that could... Somebody could really choose to hold on to that and get past that. And so, okay, I got to pick myself up and I've got to keep fighting and what what is in your mind the key for somebody to say you know what there's something's going on for that other person and let me focus on them and then somehow my own personal needs will will get met too Mm-hmm. I think personally, for me, what really does drive me is I just care. You know, I care about people. I, we're all people. You know, just I just care about being connected to people, and I I know there is probably something going on. You know, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but some of the times, we I cannot help them. Their issue ends up being something that isn't even truly with us, or it might be with another entity. And but I still want them to know I care. You know, I care about them and what's going on and let me try and figure it out. And if I can't help you, I'll try and get you to the right place. So I think just caring and being connected to people is so important. I don't, my dad always told me the only thing that matters in life is how you treat people. Mm. It's not how much money you make, Mm. who your friends are, or, you know, any of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. All that matters in life is how you treat people. Yeah. I think that's what should define 
you know, somebody more so than all these other things we categorize as what makes them something important. I think you'd be super important. Like, you make a choice to care and to give, and that is, the dividends on that are endless, I think. Yeah, and I think treating people good all the time, you know, or maybe they're not treating you so well. That's even more important because that helps them get back to that, you know, grounded area where they're like, okay, wait a second here. All right, Mm -hmm. you know, and it helps them adjust. If you match what's going on with that same negative emotion, it's not, you know, you're never going to move forward or be able to have any kind of get back to normal ground start off. Yeah, and COVID itself has created a lot of challenges, especially as, you know, staff got sent home, so to speak, and, and working remotely and so many are back in the office now and working, you know, social distancing and wearing masks and all those things, doing the very best to to make sure everybody feels like they're safe. And talking to Leslie Hunsell, who's our our VP, our CEO of of Sharks, and saying, you know, one of the challenges in COVID was when advocates were working from home and sharks got 6.4 million dollars in drugs free for members last last month it was so amazing on an 80 million dollar or so pace uh for the year and she said people would have success like a great phone call or even a negative phone call where somebody they couldn't get a drug or they right then and there but they're there now they're there by themselves on an island and so they don't have anybody to celebrate with and they don't have anybody to kind of share the frustration because that having that team around you uh and not being alone on an island is something that i think all of us want to be mindful of that hey we we really do need each other and i would imagine for your teams because there's there's great calls and there's challenging calls oh, yeah it's got to be significant to get people back in the office i it is it's huge and we feed off each other's you know good days and bad days sometimes sometimes we can help flip a bad day because you've got your team there with you. We certainly feed off the positives. If I come in and a funk, you know, it's a rough morning or whatever, I hear a great call or witness some, the Sharks team, we are very close to them as well. So we hear their victories. It does kick it up a notch. It like, it does, you know, it starts to change the day. It does for me anyway. I love hearing victories from Sharks team. They ring their bells when they're doing something wonderful and money is saved or medication is gotten for the members. We don't ring bells in member services, but, you know, we do high five and and, and have, you know, whistles and cat calls and whatnot mm-hmm. after. Just like, did you guys hear what just happened? Did you hear how that went from bad to awesome? Like, they thanked me when I got off the phone. That's just, a, it's a beautiful thing to feed off that it's if, if you could i think michelle might even get called mom around the office she right? is our work mom she is completely our work mom she takes care of it all of that everybody makes sure everybody is situated and you know has a really great sense of knowing what's needed and kind of sniffing things out if you are having a bad day and you know, she's great at all of that you're kind thank you And she has an open door, literally and figuratively. (laughs) There is no door on her office, and I think that is for a reason. That was meant to be. (laughs) I think that that was like a divine, Mm -hmm. like, this shall be her office. It just happened that way, but it's perfect. Even if there were a door, I think it would always be open anyway. Like, I love our work family, and I'm very much about that. 
and it's a wonderful thing to grow. But there's a part of me too that is almost sad that so quickly we've lost that little tight knit kind of family unit. Something else funny, I thought, I'm like I said earlier, I'm almost 45. Like I said, I would never work in an office ever. Like I was more of on my feet and service oriented, but this felt like the right fit. Like it was a small company. I was down with what we were doing. I wanted to be a part of that. I love being a part of the beginnings of something. Like there's, there's such a wonderful feeling and empowerment and confidence. So many things that come from being a part of something from the beginning, which I was really close, that um, as we've grown, I'm like nervous, I'm gonna lose sight of other departments or people that come in or that I won't know their fun stories like I know everybody else is in this room. Mm. It's exciting, but also, you know, it's like almost like birds leaving the nest, except they're all here and there's so many of them, I can't keep track. <laughs> and as one of the first members of ASH myself, I have had the opportunity to go over to, to Ethiopia and see the impact that our members have by the, the dollar per household per month that goes to fund the pediatric hospital over there in these remote villages and see these kids that would be would not live, li literally would not live were it not for that hospital. And I, it's, there's an opportunity here what that I cherish to be a part of something bigger than just serving myself. And I, I see and feel that when I have the privilege of coming back to St. Louis. So I'd say you all and your team have, have really helped to create that. And so I, I really commend you for that. Um, the other thing is, you know, running eyes itself. This whole concept was came from a, from Second Chronicles sixteen nine, saying the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose heart is loyal to Him, that He may strongly support. And as Alice said, you know, we have a lot of people who are Christian or faith filled in our ministry, and the the idea is, you know what. There's challenges in life constantly, and you all are a testament to that, and you have a testimony because you can't have a testimony without a test. And we keep fighting, and the people who whose heart is loyal to him, God says, I'm, I'm going to strongly support. So part of doing these Running Eyes podcast is to help spotlight that for people. So thank you for, for being a testament testament to that and a testimony to that. Uh, what you do every day isn't easy, and there's, I believe people are going to get encouraged as they hear your story. It certainly encourages me hearing Alice's story, for sure. Likewise. Mm -hmm. I like to hear everyone's story. It encourages me just being with, you know, just being with other positive people. And it does create us. I mean, I meet people and I'm mm -hmm. like, I wonder what their story is. We're all on a journey. That's right. Well, I, thank you for taking the time today. It's, uh, I know there's some, probably some apprehension as you sit down and do this and a willingness to, uh, to be transparent and real. And I believe that uh, the world wants to see people who are genuine and we know we don't have it all figured out we want to have an impact on the people we serve and uh ultimately as a company we believe when we do those things when we help other people get their needs met then then our own will be met and you two show that every day uh i i, I knew part of your stories i i know i know more of your stories as a result of this and alice michelle thank you for for what you do every day and thank you for your willingness to share thank thanks you for having us yeah, thanks for having us it's been interesting. It definitely has. Thanks for giving me a job that has put me <laughs> in a right. position like this that has 
gained me so much. Life experience, life stories, connections. I appreciate it. Imagine well, 10 years from now. Oh, girl. Imagine the stories we'll have then. No doubt. Yeah. That's exciting. I look forward to it. We would not be where we are without you, and, and the members that you serve are... I'm glad they know your story more now, because I feel like we're all very fortunate that you're on our team, and I think as people understand and hear your story, uh, they'll know that, that you all are the kind of people that just really want them to get their, their own needs met. So thank you for doing what you do, and hopefully we'll get to do this again one day. Sounds fun. I look forward to it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Each week and each month, I spend a lot of time really just thinking about who uh, it makes the most sense to talk to. And Alice and Michelle have really been on my mind for a long time. I, they they uh, they have such a heart to help the people that we serve at Ash, and it's it's hard to convey just how much people mean to them just by saying, "Yeah, your customer service team is great." And the I, I have found that the people that have the most uh, influence and the most um, meaning in their lives are the ones that have been through a whole lot of stuff. And the reality is just about all of us, if we're living and we're breathing, have gone through a whole lot of stuff. And their, their stories are unique to them, of course, and there are similarities that many people have gone through, too. And the fact that they're on the other side in so many ways certainly doesn't mean it's easy or that everybody should be able to just naturally overcome these things and get in that place, snap snap their fingers, and all of a sudden things are better. And I really do believe there's such an encouragement that can come to each of us when we hear the stories of of our fellow man, fellow women that uh, that are going through stuff and have gone through stuff and, and they're still standing. And uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about um, one of, a tattoo that Michelle has. It's, it says on her arm, I think it says, I shall rise. And, uh, she, you know, she's been through some stuff and we just keep getting up and we just keep, we just keep fighting fights. And that's even true of, of Alliance for Shared Health and, you know, this concept of building a community that really does support each other. And uh, I hope you were encouraged as you heard their stories. I am greatly encouraged when I, when I hear their stories and I know what they've gone through to get where they are. Uh, they are a light in our office, and I think they're a light to, to our members as well. So I appreciate you taking time to listen, hear this story, and I look forward to being with you again next time on Running Eyes. <laughs>